Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 5th. May the 5th be with you. I screwed that up. I didn't realize yesterday I should have done that. But anyway, um, I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, um, this is your first day doing a show since the Tony nominations came out. Yeah. I know you are always full of thoughts and ideas. So <laughs> anything that you uh, anything that you want to talk about that we that you didn't have haven't had the opportunity to do yet? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm thrilled for all of the nominees. I'm thrilled for uh, any show that can celebrate. You know, I was running around New York City delivering black and white cookies to all the theaters on behalf of New York, New York. It was beautiful that they wanted the company of New York, New York wanted to send their congratulations to all the other nominees. Um, it was a really exciting time. I think the only thing that I would say is that I have some honorable mentions on shows that I do not have anything to do with. I just thought these performances were outstanding of the season. That's starting with Marcel Spears for Fat Ham, Caroline Interbickler, who I obviously adore at Shucked, and uh, Casey Likes at Almost Famous, and, and honestly, the entire company of K-pop. They were so fierce. Luna made her Broadway debut. Um, it was, it's been a really crazy season, and I know everything can't get the proper accolades that it deserves, because who uh, art is not meant to be adjudicated, and nobody, quote, deserves anything in this life. But I think that those were some things that stuck out to me as really, really amazing performances. So I just wanted to have this opportunity to say that. And it's, welcome to Tony season, baby. Yeah, and and Helen Parks from from K-pop is the I believe the first Asian American woman to have uh, a, a, be nominated in the score category. Is that correct? Correct. Am I getting, yes. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to her. Lots of good things to celebrate. And Ashley and I have talked about this. It's like, can it be disappointing when somebody or something that you love doesn't get nominated? Yes. But also, it's a season where it's really hard to argue with a lot of the nominations uh, because there was just so much deserving stuff this season. So we're happy to celebrate and champion all of them. Um, before we get into the show itself, I want to give you a few programming updates. In the Patreon feed over the weekend, we will have the next episode of Jan Simpson's All the Drama, in which she looks at the 1983 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama, Marsha Norman's Night Mother. Always a fun, happy romp through a, a theater comedy there. Um, so we'll have that. And I also just did an interview with uh, actors Kara Bechet, Carrie Bechet, with actors Carrie Bechet and Carl Hendrick Lewis, who are currently starring in the show The Fears, which is running at the Signature Center through uh, into July and perhaps perhaps onwards from there as well. It's, it's produced by someone named Steven Soderbergh who I feel like might be an up and coming producer. He's done some things. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, some he's films. had some success, a few. Um, so we talk about that. That'll also be coming up in the Patreon feed over the weekend. So if you want to hear all of these interviews and every episode of Broadway Radio before you can get it anywhere else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right. You might have heard, and if you've been on social media, you've probably seen some clips and some uh, reactions to it. But over at New York City Center, the Encore series has returned with its latest show running for two weeks, a long run by, by Encore's standards. It is a production of Lionel Bart's Oliver. It is running through May 14th. Tickets start as low as $35. So check that out if you can. Uh, the cast features a, as always with Encore's, an unbelievable amount of talent featuring Lily Cooper as Nancy, Raul Esparza as Fagan, Julian Lerner as the Artful Dodger, Tam Mutu as Bill Sykes, Brad Oscar as Mr. Bumble, Benjamin Pajak, who I actually just saw play Oliver down here in uh, in Florida a few weeks ago, um, playing Oliver, and then Mary Testa as the Widow Corny. Um, 
I have thoughts on this show. Like, I, I'm just not a huge Oliver fan, and, and the review I'm going to talk about here gets into it a little bit. But this one is uh, directed by Encore's artistic director, Lear de Bessonet, who we are all big fans of. There aren't a ton of the reviews out, but uh, Jesse Green's New York Times review is out, so I did want to kind of highlight that one a little bit just to give you some semblance of uh, of what the critical thoughts are here. Jesse Green did not make it a critic's pick, but was mostly positive, I would say. He said, quote, The version that opened a two-week run at City Center on Wednesday, directed by Lear de Bessonet, is certainly grimmer than any Oliver I've seen. But the underlying high spirits of Bart's adaptation, stuffed with tunes that are merry even when they're sad, cannot long lie dormant. Which is not to say a serious approach is unwarranted. Recall that Dickens, who was himself sent to work in a boot polish factory when he was 12, refers to Oliver in the first sentence of the novel as a, quote, an item of mortality, more a death in progress than a life. But de Bessonet's entertaining and beautifully sung production, featuring terrific turns by Lily Cooper as the proud doxy Nancy and Rollo Esparza as the criminal den leader Fagan, as well as a touching one by Benjamin Pajak in the title role, is at this point still too muddy to be convincing as sociology, let alone drama. Green then goes on to talk about the fact that many of the songs in the show are just too upbeat and hummable really to fit their dramatic placements in the show. And often some of them don't really fit their dramatic placements in the show at all. They're just kind of there. Um, but he continues, however inapt as drama and however much real estate they steal from the development of a richer plot, such songs serve an important function, like the witty prose of the novel. They make the darkness of the tale bearable, almost literally bearing you through the story. He goes on to talk about one of the most problematic parts of Oliver in general, saying, quote, Also, of, of course, in his presentation of Fagin, is indulgent and anti-Semitic. Compulsively referred to as, quote, the Jew in the novel, and often played with a prosthetic nose and a Yiddish accent in earlier productions, Fagin is an awful caricature, even though Bart, born Lionel Blegeter, was Jewish. Esparza, sallow-eyed, greasy-haired, and perpetually sniffy but without prosthetics, dials that down almost to zero, though the music still bears traces of Fagin's religion and the klezmer-like violin and clarinet accompaniment to the song reviewing the situation, with which de Bessonet thoughtfully ends this production. The song asks, can somebody change? Fagin's doubtful answer is, it's possible. I too am doubtful that the possibility of change, at least for musicals like Oliver, they can't all be Sweeney. They don't have the bones for it. But that doesn't mean it's not worth reinvesting in what made them meaningful in the first place. If dividends of delight keep coming, for that, I do anything. Obviously, referencing one of the songs in the show. Um, I agree. I, when I saw the the production with Benjamin Pajak at the Maltz Jupiter Theater a month or so ago, it's just like the show just doesn't hold up. The songs are great. And as, as wonderful as the performers were in that production, as I'm sure they are at Encores, the show's just kind of wah. But Grace, to me, that's the kind of show that I feel like Encores should be doing. A show that doesn't really It's a really perfect stand. show for Encores. Yeah. Absolutely. We're both aligned. I think, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. That's that's basically it. Like, it doesn't, I, I, I don't need it to be the new thing. I need, that's what Encores is built for. It's built to do productions like Oliver that might not find their way to the, to the Broadway stage anytime soon or ever again, you know? Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. And it's nice when we get something like Into the Woods or even the Chicago or even Parade, which wasn't technically encores. But, you know, it's nice when we have those. But this in Dear World uh, from earlier in the season, like this 
feels like the stuff that encores should be doing. Get a, an incredible cast like that and and hear the songs and then just kind of move on from there. I'm also going to throw in some highlights of the production, about three minutes of highlights. And of course, everybody is fantastic. But I got to tell you, Lily Cooper, man, she just can do no wrong and she can do anything. Um, she's fantastic in these highlights as Nancy. So uh, check those out. And like we said, it is running through Sunday the 14th. So if you have an opportunity to get over to City Center to see it, we would highly recommend that. Speaking of things that we recommend and that I mentioned uh, yesterday, I've got an extra ticket to a performance of uh, at the Kennedy Center's Broadway Center Stage se- se- uh, season coming up here if you want to go see Spamalot. But they actually announced their full 2023-2024 season yesterday. Generally, I think they announced these one by one, but instead they announced all three of them. So starting the season in October from uh, October 6th through 15th will be Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom. Obviously, it's had a bit of a moment with the movie version that came out and a couple of high profile performances in the past, you know, 10 ish years. There was a, I think it was a York theater production that had like, uh, it was like George Salazar, Nick Blameyer and Sierra Renee, I think. And then maybe Lily Cooper might've actually replaced Sierra when I think about it um, as well. So there was that one. Then there was the encores version with Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, KO and Lin-Manuel Miranda. So that'll start off the season. Then that'll be followed by Bye Bye Birdie from January 26th through February 4th. And then finally, Maury Yeston and Arthur Kopitz 9 will close out the season from June 7th through the 16th. Obviously, casting will be announced for all of these. I feel like just on the show a few weeks ago, uh, Ashley and I talked about how much we love 9 and how much we need to see more productions of it. So it's great to see that there's going to be an opportunity for that uh, to come out, whether you're in New York or you're in Washington, D.C. and you want to travel or whatever. Um, They also announced their entire national tour season for the Kennedy Center, Girl from the North Country, Frozen, Ain't Too Proud, Company, Funny Girl, Mamma Mia, uh, and some other things as well. So I'm excited about that. Again, anybody wants to go see Spamalot and needs a ticket, let me know because I got one for sale. So uh, very exciting nonetheless. All right. Next up, we have news about Broadway Bears. This upcoming summer's performance will happen at the Hammerstein Ballroom on June 18th. The theme for this one is Broadway Bears Pleasure Park, in which you kind of go through a bunch of fantasy lands and amusement park things and magical kingdoms. Grace, I've never been to a Broadway Bears it seems like a lot, but it may it makes a lot of money. It benefits Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. So if you want to go see a bunch of Broadway uh, dancers and ensemblists naked or pretty close to naked, Broadway Bears Hammerstein Ballroom, June 18th. All right, moving on, um, we have one of three Great Gatsby Productions coming to New York City, or at least making its way towards New York City that announced its casting. This one is going to be beginning performances on June 2nd, ahead of a June 22nd opening at the Park Central Hotel in New York City. It is created and directed by Alexander Wright. This is the immersive version uh, that kind of like brings to life one of Gatsby's very famous parties. Uh, They encourage, but do not require a 1920s dress code and people can kind of wander around this mansion with dancing and gossiping and all that stuff. But the, Cast will feature Joel Acosta as as Gatsby, Rob Brinkman as Nick Carraway, Jillian Ann Abaye as Daisy Buchanan, uh, Shazeb Hussein as Tom Buchanan, Stephanie Rocio as Jordan Baker, uh, Kevon Akbari as George Wilson, Claire Saunders as Myrtle Wilson, and others. We'll have that complete information in the show notes if you want to check that out. Of course, we also have 
the Florence Welch version that we've talked about before going to the American uh, Repertory Theater. And then there is a another Gatsby musical heading to the Paper Mill Playhouse with a book by Kate Kerrigan and music by Jason Howland and lyrics by Nathan Tyson. Grace, what are your thoughts on The Great Gatsby? Well, okay. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. Okay. So, I mean, listen, I loved it growing up because I had like romanticized the entire book, right? And then as I got older, the meaning and the and the story and everything changed for me because I was like, wait a second, this is just this guy who's a sad sack who, congrats, has a lot of money, but is obsessed with, you know, this this fantasy of a girl and she has no agency. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's kind of crazy. But um, I, I still think that it's one of those hallmarks of the of the American like canon that is so interesting to see every generation finding it and finding what they want to produce out of it, much like, you know, Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. And it's kind of that canon that people continue to revisit. And I think it's even more so going to be very palpable this year, particularly. So um, I, I'm really excited to see the art, uh, whether that's immersive or the Nate Tyson or the, you know, Martina Mayock, uh, Florence, uh, Florence Welsh and the Machine um, iteration. It's going to be a crazy, crazy time for West Egg or whatever it's called. <laughs> West Egg, East Egg, all of the eggs. Yeah, it's uh, also a really good time for something to come out of the uh, out of the copyright laws. So public domain, here we come. All right, let's wrap up the show with a few videos, some feel-good recommendations. Part of the Today Show's Broadway Week, Shucked performed not one, but two numbers on the show on Thursday. They had their opening number, um, which I think is just called Corn. It's just Corn, I believe is the name of that song. And then they also did Best Man Wins a, a, an hour or so later. Those are great. Very much looking forward to seeing this when I'm in town in a couple of weeks. So we'll have those videos in the show notes. But Grace, the thing that I am most looking forward to, I don't even know if you've had the opportunity to see this yet because it was released just like 45 minutes before we started recording. There is an exclusive look, I believe it was in People Magazine first, of about a minute and 10 seconds of rehearsal footage from the song Circus from Once Upon a One More Time with a whole lot of dancing, including Justin Guarini getting down. I am oh, so... Oh yeah, he's incredible. I saw that man an American idiot and I lost myself. <laughs> yeah, like I am so unironically hyped for this show. We go back a long ways because uh, we interviewed um, the, the husband and wife. What was yeah, their names? Yeah, we, we invited um, uh, Keone and Mari Madrid, uh, who are incredible, you know, like duo of the dance world, but also now forging themselves into the theater space, which is really exciting. Yeah, so I'm excited about this. The The footage is amazing. I'm so excited. Like, I'm such a, like, I'm not even, like, the huge Britney Spears fan. Like, I mean, I grew up with her. She's my age. Like, I remember where I first saw uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time, like, the videos on a Best Buy. You know, so, I mean, like, I, like, I grew up with her, but, like, I'm not a huge, like, diehard fan. But, like, there's just something about this show that I'm geeked about just because I think it's just, it sounds absolutely ridiculous and audacious. And that's the kind of stuff that I like. All right, so that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media for right now at It's Grace Aki and say a little, just like take a nap on my behalf this week. Take a coffee for yourself. Like 
I am thriving on fumes right now. And I just want to say the advertising and the PR and the back of house and everybody that makes all of these ships run year round with Broadway are, they are in it right now with, with this crazy Tony time. So please allow for allowances and kindness to all the people that make that happen. And, and I know that we are so we are in a moment where we're celebrating the creatives of the cast of these shows that make the shows happen. I mean, absolutely. But I am shouting out the fact that so much of this relies on the PR teams that are helping get those critics and get those Tony voters and get those, you know, uh, uh, people like us, the press, you know, um, at these shows and, and a part of the conversation. We really are so grateful. So thank you again. Absolutely. Anyway, that is all that we have. Have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Check out all the stuff in the feeds over the weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 